0: I knew that fat man couldn't keep this up. He always buckles under pressure.
1: Yeah, you're right. Like at that Billy Joel concert.
0: Uptown
1: Girl!
2: about the implications of diving in too deep, and possibly the complications, especially at night, I worry over situations. program. My name is Dave Juskow, and it is May of 2021. Fun times for everybody. We are recording in beautiful downtown Manhattan, New York City on a lovely day. And we've got a great show for you today. Well, we've got a tepid show for you today. I don't know. You know, I hope you liked last week's show with little Freddy Stoller, and hope you enjoyed the comedy show with Billy Joe. we got all that stuff going on today, but, uh, I don't know, you know, we do what we can do at the Nightfly Podcast. And, of course, it's all coming to you live. semi live. <laughs> And welcome to the program. Nice to have everybody here today. Yes. Recording on a Saturday, coming out on Tuesday, May the 4th. Be with you. Yes, everybody's favorite Star Wars holiday. Of course, lots of people hate it, but what are you gonna do? I am celebrating it. I'm a big Star Wars guy, at least the original series. <laughs> I don't actually hate the other six. Well, I definitely hate the middle three or the first three, however they're doing it, and the last three suck too, but at least it has some of the original cast members, but, you know, I'm a four, five, six kind of guy, but I'll always be into a little Star Wars action, and I like a day where they're going to just show them all on TBS, even if it takes away the fact that I won't be able to watch The Big Bang Theory after. It's fine. It's fine, because, uh, you know, I will have... Star Wars to watch, so it's it's fine. And this week, of course, is uh, no exception on May the fourth. Be with you. I have Alex Sulkin from Family Guy, which is why we played the clip up front. And why wouldn't we? You gotta do something, with Family Guy. I mean, the guy, you know, wrote the Star Wars Blue Harvest episode. And uh, well, let's face it, Alex Sulkin's a, a fun guy, he's an interesting guy, and he'll be great. And of course, little Danny Natterman. Well, we gotta put a nerd on. He doesn't know anything about Star Wars, but you know, I don't tell him I said that. <laughs> but I was just looking for somebody to compliment our May fourth production, uh whatever it is, and I haven't done anything about the week after because uh I don't know, I've been in a little bit of a funk, I guess. I guess. I have, like everybody else, very confused, very confused about the reopening and re getting into things. You know what I'm talking about, but I will also tell you that on Billy Joel A to Z this week, coming up today, Tuesday, May 4th, we did not do a Billy Joel Star Wars rep- retrospective. We have, and so it goes, everybody's favorite song. And then Thursday, Angry Young Man. Yeah. Like when we have the biggies. Only the biggies. Only the biggies. So those are the two songs coming out of the Billy Joel podcast. I hope you're enjoying that, and that'll finish off the A's. And then the week after that, we have the A's wrap up. That's always a lot of laughs, and when I say that, I mean not. And then an interview with the guy from New York Magazine, Christopher Bananas. I mean, if you've been listening to the Billy Joel podcast, you it, it, it could be quite fascinating. And then we start with the B's. Little Baby Grand action. Uh, uh. Big man on Mulberry Street. Uh. <laughs> you got to go through the ones that stink. And then a big shot, thank God. But we have one where Elon and I are taping today called Blonde Over Blue. And the Cars fans are going to either love it or hate it. And all you need to do if you are a Cars fan is listen to Blonde Over Blue. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I am going to uh, show it to Eli today. Eli? Who the hell is Eli? What's the matter with me, Elon, today? And again, if you like the Cars, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about not to give any spoilers out I got to tell you folks I'm a mess I mean I'm always off and on but this week something is wrong I need psychiatric help I am slowly losing it the reintegration reint reintegration into society is not working for me Or it's going to take some time. Uh, You know, just, I mean, just as a quick example, I went out Wednesday night. You know, go hang out at the bar. And then, of course, I go to the the cellar. Well, McDougal Street was just hopping like old school. So many people, so much action, so much noise. And I'm not ready for it. Was it great that everybody's out? Uh, I mean, it was a nice day. I'm not ready. Washington Square Park was packed. I just, I just got to, I guess, ease into it, or I got to leave town. I actually looked at some other towns. I have been Googling other places to live. Now, this is going to sound ridiculous, but I looked at London, and I looked at Hawaii. <laughs> I know. That's weird, right? But I'm, I think it's time to just get out and get out good. You know, they say New York City's dead, but we all know, anybody that lives here knows that it's not, and we know that it'll come back to whatever it is, but maybe, I don't know, you know, can I acclimate myself again? Maybe, who knows, but right now, I've spent so much time by myself, so much time alone, and the funny thing is, I mean, my whole life, when I think about it, and I think I've told you guys this before, my whole life has been spent very much alone which probably drives me a little insane. I think I'm a very, very strange person. It's weird. I know I have a lot of friends. I get that. I do. And boy, have I been shitting on them this past week. I told you what happened with Rachel and Memo and Lee and Laura last week. Laura won't talk to me. Rachel and Memo have forgiven me. I I haven't even apologized because I don't even know what's going on, right? Tuesday, when I was doing the Comedy Cellar show, that guy, the lovely guy Julian Villard, musician, who was wonderful. He played on the show. He was so good. He played that song I like. He said he was going to be a minute late. I flipped out. I told, him, "Hey, forget it. Then you know what? I'll get somebody else." And I'm like, "What am I talking? What am I do? I'll get somebody else." What the fuck is the matter with me? One minute late. I, I've just any change of plan is problematic. And then the worst part was on Thursday night. My nephew was going to stay. Oh, well, I didn't even tell you what happened on, on Monday. My, you know, This thing with my, my nephew, you know, I told you he wanted to stay over. We well, didn't stay over. My sister made me go meet him at Penn Station at 7 in the morning. And then she wanted me to take the subway to Brooklyn with him so he knows where to go uh, you know, for the thing, which I, I get. But, you know, that's, that's a lot to ask. Somebody who, again, is trying to acclimate themselves back into regular life to go to Penn Station, of all places, right? And that place is gross now because I was there at 7 in the morning and I was, I was there at 6.30 and then I was there at 10.30 and nothing had changed. There's It's bad there. Bad. And, and then she wanted me to take the subway to Brooklyn. I'm like, I haven't taken a subway yet and I can't tell her that because she wouldn't understand. She's like... You know, she'll say something like, man up. She didn't say any of that stuff, but I'm just saying. But she's, you know, she's expected. She's like, so you'll pick up Billy. It wasn't like, could you? It was just like, here's what you're going to do. And I don't want any trouble from her. So, and I, you know, I do care about my nephew. So I wanted to, uh, you know, whatever. So anyway, we took the ferry. I showed him a better way than the subway. And it goes right into the studio where he's filming this thing. And we did that. And then I... Waited for him to get his COVID test. It was just a COVID test. He's got to come all the way from Jersey for a goddamn COVID test. Then he's got to come in the next day for another COVID test. Then Wednesday for another COVID test. And Thursday's the shoot. So Thursday, I got, you know, I'm, I'm doing stuff all day, actually, if you can believe it, right? I went out for lunch with uh, my friend Felicia Madison, who runs the West Side Comedy Club. Then I got a, a couple of soups at the Helen Hardy for uh, Lee Marakis, who I owed because, you know, I was so mean to them last Friday. And we were going to watch the draft together. So he can't eat any. He's got a problem with his sphincter or something. <laughs> but there's several sphincters in the body. It's not the one we're thinking about. And he can right now. He can only eat so. I bought a whole bunch of soups over, and we watched the the draft. When I got when I was walking home, all the way from you know the Upper West Side to my house, I guess my nephew was texting me and saying, "Hey, we're we're going to finish late today. You know, can I stay over?" And, you know, even though that is problematic for me, and it doesn't matter who it is, a late night, hey, can I stay over? Because I am not, unfortunately, as you all know, a go with the flow type of guy, although I like to pretend I am, even though, I mean, when I pretend, I'm joking. Um, You know, uh, I was walking, I just assumed I wasn't going to hear from him, and then, you know, that I got a call from my sister, Billy's been trying to text me. I'm like, well, I'm walking, I'm in the middle of walking, I don't know what's going on, I'm listening to the uh radio or whatever for radio i I don't know how old i am listening to spotify and you know and i always just write back sure everything i just write back sure because i don't want to you know i just i want him to know he's welcome but i don't want any other complications right so just i keep writing back sure that's what i did last week when he said on sunday can i stay over sure hey we got to talk about sunday sure you know, we, this is a thing. And he keeps calling and texting, and I'm like, "Just, are there any new plans? No. Just either come or don't come. Just tell me what time you're coming. So on Thursday, he says he's going to come. You know, he's finishing at midnight, and then he'll come. And I'm like, ugh, oh, crap. Because, you know, I really go to bed. I don't know. I mean, I go to bed whenever I want, right? But most of the time, I'm finished by eleven, eleven thirty. And I go to bed sometimes at eleven thirty, and then I wake up at two, and I'm up until six or seven in the morning. This is just the way it works. It's good because I don't have anything going on, so I don't got to worry about anything. So I, I go to bed. But when you know how, when you're waiting for somebody, like if you're waiting to take a plane, and you know you can't fall asleep or something, that's that's when you get sleepy, and that's when things get complicated. So I'm like, well, whatever, it's no big deal. And I'm trying to feel, figure out like where I'm going to put them and what, what's best for me you know, personally, like what, you know, is it better if I'm by the computer and the TV because I wake up in the middle of the night? Is it better if he sleeps in my room or is it better if I sleep in my room? My TV isn't working well in my room, otherwise it probably wouldn't even be a question. I don't, you know, all these things go into my head because I'm not used to having guests, like ever, but certainly not in the past year and a half. So I'm, you know, panicked and I don't want to be. It's my nephew. It's not some random weirdo. So he uh, so it's all set. And then around eleven forty I get a text from him. He goes, Yeah, listen, Uncle David, I, I I met a couple of guys. We're gonna go out. I'll see you later. I'll be home around two, three o'clock. And I'm like, What? And I just I used I I I just he goes, Well, I thought you were up all night. I'm like, I don't I don't what 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 are you talking about? What is this? And I just wrote, You suck. I mean because I don't even know what to say anymore after this. It, what, what does that mean he's going out what, what am i what am i supposed to do here do i tell his mother? i get. he's 18 but he's not 21 where are they going everything closes at midnight so where are they going and who's he with he's not vaccinated i don't know if those kids are vaccinated i mean really with the vaccination i really don't care anymore i'm not thinking of COVID. but you know then i'm thinking about that who's he with what is that all about? And I'm like, you know what? Take the last train home, because obviously you're old enough to go out in, in Brooklyn, which apparently you don't know anywhere about, and hang around. So you're old enough to take the last train home, because I, I'm not waiting till two, three in the morning. I don't know what he was expecting was going to happen, and then I, yeah, about one fifteen, I felt horrible. And I just said, uh, Are you all right? You know, like he's like, Yeah, I'm at Penn Station. Don't worry about it. He doesn't care. It all flows off. Thank God he's not like me. I mean, he's technically like me, but he's, you know, he lets things roll off his shoulders. Thank God that's a good trait. And, um, you know, I was just like, Listen. And I texted him. I said, This is the first time you're staying over after a thing, right? So the first time, you know, come on time. Let me set up, you know, whatever we're going to do. Let's talk. You know what I'm saying? The first time, because if you're going to do this more often, I'll give you a key and come and go as you please. I really don't care. You just give me some notice because then I can go to bed and whatever. And he comes at three o'clock. I don't care. I don't think I have to worry about him bringing random strangers over. I don't think he's that kind of idiot. I'm assuming, but I suppose there's a little nervousness about it. We've hanging out with these random dudes. I think he's just a friendly guy. And he meets new friends like I do, which is great, right? The exact opposite of his sister Dory. But you know, there's definitely an element. I'm like, I don't know. He's never been here. I'm just gonna. I'm. I'm gonna. Full, at three o'clock, I'm gonna get a call from the doorman saying, "Hey, your nephew's here." Because I, he, he can't just be brought up like at least the first time. I gotta. I gotta go through this whole thing where you gotta email, you gotta put his name on the list. I gotta, you know. So, so basically, I gotta wait till he's home at two, three o'clock. He's like, well, I thought you were up all night, always, you know, and I'm like, I, I don't know. The fuck, is this? Is he taking advantage of me already, or what's going on? I don't think he's thinking about it at all, but I, I, he's probably like, hey, my uncle's cool. It's all right, but I, I'm i not, because I'm just, you know, because I'm just not ready for this. I'm having trouble acclimating to people, but flying off the, but that one, I think, is a good one. The other ones, but it's all part of a really horrible pattern. Of any kind of change, I, I, have a, I have an issue, a major issue. I've got to stop. And it's also the texting which is problematic because, again, last week if, if Rachel or Memo had called me or Lee and Laura, if we had talked about it, if we could have talked it out, I could have relaxed. I could have calmed down. Uh, I don't know about Tuesday. I don't know about Julian. I don't know him well. But if my niece lies it, because I was texting her and I'm like, I know you're supposed to pick him up at like one at the train station, she goes, I'm in bed. Or if my sister, I texted her, she if she'd called me and we could have spoken about it, and even if Billy had called and we talked about it, you know, I we I think that would have relaxed me. The texting is uh, clearly problematic for me in a way, because I'm not getting how people feel. I guess what the thing is, is once it happens, I kind of put it out. They're like, I'm angry, and then I guess I expect a call. Oh, I I didn't realize this was going to bother you. know Something like that. But I guess that's too much to ask in this day and age. Jesus Christ, right? So I got to get help, or I got to move out, and I need a more relaxed lifestyle. I'd prefer to do comedy virtually online for the rest of my life. I don't think it's clearly not for me, and I guess... I'm just panicking, you know, the the stocks since Biden took office, which is better. The stocks have been bad, you know, just uh, it's just not making it's just not working the same way it was. So I'm not making any money. I don't know how to make money. I'm not sure what I'm going to do and I'm starting to panic so much so that I think my my body is not shutting down. But I I had to do a cleanse yesterday. I uh, took the magnesium citrate or something because I'm like. I got to, I got to, something's wrong. My whole system is shutting down or something. And it's all, of course, from stress and mental anguish and the stuff I'm putting on myself. But that, that would, anybody would be like that if they don't know what they're going to do with the rest of their life. You know I mean? It's been two years now that next week will be the big anniversary show of me losing my job. And I haven't had a steady job since. And I have had a steady job for 30 fucking years. For two years to not have a job. This is exactly what happened uh, years ago or something where I you know, took some time off and I had to go back. If I have to go back again this time, I mean, that's, that's just it. it this, I mean, this is it's just sad. So all this is weighing on me like it is for lots of other people, I'm sure. I mean, maybe in a way I should be grateful I do live in New York because there is lots of activities and stuff. I just have to put myself out more. Now, today, tonight, I'm going to dinner with some friends. That's wonderful. We'll go to the Peking duck place. Oh, that's going to be good. Hopefully, uh, you know, i get that magnesium citrate out of my system before (laughs) next Guys, I got to be right back. (laughs) But I'm just glad that, you know, they called my, uh, you know, friend who's the nurse over at Columbia. So maybe I could talk to her about my issues well she's not happy where she is right now she's seen too much shit since covid she she was in the the middle of it i don't think this is um what she was looking for when she became a nurse you know when you became a nurse you want to do all this but you weren't expecting you were going to be in like a mass unit and see all these people die that didn't have to or maybe they didn't you know because of this virus i mean nobody saw that coming somebody in her profession it's 10 times worse than what i'm going through and I don't think she was ready, and I think she's finished. So a lot of people are being like, I got to change my life around. And she was able to. She has some money, so they got a house somewhere else they can relax a little bit. And it all really comes down to money and how you can make it and where you can spend it. It always comes down to money for me. I mean, how do you get stuck in a job for that long? Money. you know. And if you're an artist, I'm using the air quotes. Well, then money is just usually your second thought, unfortunately, which, as you know, for me, it is. It's always been on the back burner. I know I need to make it, but I'd prefer to do something hilarious and have a good time, you know, making people laugh or, or whatever it is I do. <laughs> and, then I, and then, of course, you know, it's the, the best is the, the crazy spending. The insane spending, the insane person, late night spending that everybody does. I have no idea. I couldn't for the life of you tell you. Oh, no, no. It must have been the Big Bang Day. It must have been that. Sheldon likes strawberry Yoo-Hoo. And for some reason, I was looking up, what other flavors Yoo-Hoo do they have? (laughs) Because this is what I do now. I just sit there watching. I'm like, oh, let me check out some information. It's like when I'm watching a family affair. And I see one of the women on it, and I'm like, oh, let's see what she looks like now. Or is she dead or alive? You know, something like that, or or match game or whatever, which happened the other day, and I'll tell you in a second. This this is this is what I do with my life. And so I'm looking up like, I wonder if they have banana youhoo. I'd be interested in that. And I, might, I don't think they have, but they had vanilla youhoo. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I never see. <laughs> so I bought a case of y- vanilla youhoo. Like a complete idiot. I mean, it wasn't very expensive. It was, I think it was $16. But I'm like, I, I, I got to try it. I, just, I don't know why. I don't even think I was high. And I ordered a case of vanilla yuho, And uh, I gave one to my doorman. I'm like, have you ever had it? He goes, yeah, I've had it. It's good. I'm like, are you sure? And it didn't come in the bottle. I thought it was coming in the bottles. It came in a little child squeeze box, you know, a juice box. And it was leaking. <laughs> so... So I gave one to the doorman because I'm like, well, I don't need all of these. I put the rest in the fridge and I tried one. And it was awful, (laughs) like really awful. The second one was a little better. I think I was thinking it was going to be vanilla milk, but it's Yoohoo, you know, which is a very strange drink. It's chocolate water, really. So that's exactly what this was. I thought it had gone bad, but I'm like, no, no, this is, I think, the way it's supposed to taste. It tastes like medical, something medical like. I don't know so now I have all these vanilla yoo in my refrigerator <laughs> for what reason I don't because I've lost my mind I started looking up uh you, you know why I'm losing my mind I'll tell you why else I'm losing my mind I'll tell you why else Demi Lovato I have hated her since the day she is an exact example of why my nephew in a way burns me up of course he isn't a problem right he's He's going for it, right? He's trying to be uh, whatever he's trying to be, an actor, a star. I I don't know what he's looking for. But so I was doing that too, right? And Demi Lovato gets this chance of a lifetime. She stars in her own show in Disney. I've always remembered this. uh, Sunny, Sunny with a chance, I think it was called, right? And the show gets canceled because she can't keep it together. She's drinking. She's getting high. Does not seem to understand the privilege of having your own goddamn show as a teenager, which is all I ever wanted, which is what has set me off to be the person I am today. I mean, I've wanted my own TV show since I was five years old. So when this kid is gifted her her own TV show, which was a a great TV, like it was her running a TV station or something, I, I don't remember. I'm like, who the fuck is Demi Lovato? You know, whatever. And then she's doing this thing, and then she blows it. She blows it, right? And somehow... Like Arnie Lang, she's given a second chance in life. And, uh, you know, she becomes this unbelievable singer. And I'm just angry. You know, I'm just like, what the fuck? She gets a second chance and she fucked it up the first time. You know, it's like, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, uh, it just doesn't seem fair. But her singing is unbelievable. I mean, it really is. And I've said it on the show before. I'm like, I hate this woman, but you cannot deny her talent. So what are you going to do? Same with Artie in many ways. It's like somebody, he gets second and third chances. And I'm like, why does he, he keeps fucking up. He keeps ruining everything. But why does he get a chance? And then you forget how funny he is. And I'm like, oh yeah, well, <laughs> he's pretty good. <laughs> but so this Demi Lovato goes on, she's in this thing. And of course she again falls. Addiction, all this stuff happens again. You know, whereas that's where I'm, I draw the line. I'm like, why does she deserve a third chance? You know, like Robert Downey Jr., same thing. And they all excel. Well, he put it together, I guess, clearly. So she's ripping apart, I don't know if you've seen it, this one poor little independent frozen yogurt company in California because they're um, advertising sugar-free yogurt. And she goes, don't you know that's a trigger for me? I have an eating disorder. She's like a young Karen, you know? And she's complaining about this poor yogurt company that's a, the a trigger word for me. People with eating disorders can't have any of that stuff. And I'm like, what, what the fuck? Are we going to listen to this entitled bitch take down this small company that's trying to make business after COVID? And she goes on a nine-minute rant with nothing to say. Ripping apart this poor little yogurt company because it's a trigger word for her. What a selfish prick. And this is the kind of thing that's driving me as an older guy who's been alone too long and with nothing to do. This is the kind of shit that's driving me mentally insane. The uh, There was a shooting at not Wolfgang's but Peter Luger's. Wolfgang's is the offshoot of Peter Luger's in Brooklyn, which I never go to in Williamsburg cuz it's it's always been a bad neighborhood in my in my head. And obviously Williamsburg's a little better, but there was a shooting there. Uh, you know, some argument went outside, a black guy who who was eating at the uh at Peter Luger's and then he shot a couple people. Uh Dr. Drew was there, you know, he's like I don't know what was going on. They went outside, he shot some people, random people, innocent people. And fortunately, the only reason he was captured was because there was a defund the police rally next door at a park. So all the police, thank God, were in the area. Because the guy was carrying around a gun. He was aiming at two little kids who called 911. And thank God the police were able to catch up with this slime ball and put him wherever he needed to be at a defund the police rally and this is the kind of shit that's driving me insane and I think it's driving everybody insane then there's a picture of Ben Affleck going back to J-Lo's house the two of these fucking idiots and you know how I feel about Ben Affleck oh poor Ben Affleck can't put it together either so these kind of things bother an old man who's not doing anything but just kind of reading the paper on the weekends, not really watching the news. So the the little bits of information I get, not seeing people a lot, and it's driving me in, mentally insane, I think. Truly mentally insane. Plus, if I go look through a therapist, because I was looking at some, because I knew I needed some help and maybe antidepressant drugs again at this point, I don't know whether you can see them in person, and I don't feel a Zoom is going to work with me. I think I need an in-person, you know, chair-to-chair, you know, conference with a professional, not, not somebody like Lee's wife, Laura, who just decided to go to school one day and say, I'm going to help people. I need a professional, like somebody with a doctorate, you know, that's going to really help. Not these, these girls that, and, and of course, as you know, these fucking therapists, they're like, once they know you, they're like, well, I can't treat you now. We've met. You fucking assholes. How you don't get it. And Laura, for not speaking to me, she doesn't know I need help. You know, fuck you. Wow. So I'm losing it, man. <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. I'm losing it. I have Moments of, of, of fun and happiness, like, you know, let's sing something today. Let's have a good time. And then, you know, I can put it together for the Tuesday shows for a half hour or something. And then it's just, I mean, I'm not walking around totally crying yet or anything, but I definitely need some, you know, some form of help. And I don't know. And then, I, you know, I got like a foot problem. Like if my foot's bothering me or something. Like if I, And I'm afraid to go to the doctor because I don't know where you even find a doctor these days. I don't know what kind of insurance I have. I'm falling apart. I don't know. I'm very uptight about it. Hey, listen. I'm very uptight about it. Uh, Oh, let me just tell you something, though. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to bum you out or anything. uh, But uh, last week's show, if you watched, I hope a bunch of you watched it on YouTube. Because it really is great. At least I'm, I'm trying to put it together where You know, if we're talking about something, and like, for instance, Fred Stoller mentioned Sabrina the Teenage Witch, which was so awesome, because I was dying to know, um, you know, how the Sabrina worked and everything, and so, so, Selina, Salem. Uh, Anyway, when you say, oh, I played this guy with a warning sign, I have a photo of him with... Melissa Joan Hart wearing the costume so you can see everything. You know, once I go through, I don't obviously not doing it at the time. So we don't know or if, or, or if there's some sort of discrepancy about what we're talking about. I can put it up and explain it. So the video companion piece, I think, is working well. And it might be something, you know, you might want to check out, um, you know, once a month. and Or if you just don't think I should do that once a month and just continue the audio, then just tell me. And I won't do it anymore because it is a big time suck. Uh, but not a problem because I have lots of time. So, yeah, that was a saying. Also, um, so I was at the uh, – so I was you know with Lee and we were watching the NFL draft because I was very excited about the Jets pick. Very excited about the Jets pick. I was hoping they were going to pick Zach Wilson, which they did from BYU. This kid is gorgeous. Now, he looks like he's 12. But he's so gorgeous – that I actually want to put a poster of him above my bed. Now, everybody has told me that might be awkward, you know, if a girl ever does come over here again. Uh, and remember, again, when I'm talking about my nephew coming over, I wouldn't even let super beautiful Sophia come over the, after, at 10 o'clock when she said she wanted to come over that late. Or she came over here on a Saturday afternoon, but when she told me she's going to come over at 10, I'm like, 10? So if my nephew's calling and saying, well, I'll see you at 2, 2?! That's really, you know, give me a break. Anyway, so I want to—I really want to put a picture of uh, a big poster, you know, like a, like a, like I was like I was uh, Bobby Brady with the picture of Joe Namath over my back because they do have the wall space, but it would be awkward, right? <laughs> but he's so gorgeous. <laughs> he's really good looking, and it's going to be awesome. And boy, if he's as good as they say, oh man, that'll be nice. I mean, we missed out on the Trevor Lawrence thing. That would have been the end all. But I think it could work out. They get a good staff. I'm very excited about the Jets. They didn't blow it this year. Oh, yeah. You, let me play the, um, the usual thing we play after the draft of the Jets' bonehead draft picks. It's my favorite thing to play. It's only a minute.
1: Johnny Lamb Jones. wide receiver, Texas. I think it's a good selection, but a very surprising one. UCLA running back Freeman McNeil. As a season ticket holder of the Jets, I'm going to boo. Jets take the first round selection. Quarterback. Ken O'Brien of California Davis. Everybody said if Marino was
0: going to be around at that time, they'd take Marino. Obviously, the Jets know something that, you know, the
1: people up here don't. New York Jets first round selection. Fullback. Roger Vick. Texas A&M. New York Jets, first-round choice. Jeff Lagaman, linebacker, Virginia. It's obvious to me right now that the Jets just don't understand what the draft's all about. <laughs> the New York Jets select Blair Thomas, running back, Penn State. The New York Jets select Johnny Mitchell, tight end, Nebraska. Tight end, tight end. We want staff, We want Zap! We want Zap! The New York Jets select tight end from Penn State, mm. Kyle Brady. Mm. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our first real upset, I
2: think, at this point in the draft. Oh, I play that every year, once a year. It's uh, really, if you know nothing about football, don't worry. If you don't recognize any of the names, neither do we. The Jets are the worst organization. And the beauty is that this can never happen again because they used to have the draft in New York City. So it was all Jets and Giants fans. So if that's why everybody was booing right to their face. It was all only Jets fans. You know, I mean maybe a couple of stragglers, but mostly if the Jets and Giants were picking, you get the boos or whatever. So that's why it's so much fun because such horrible picking. Yeah, you never heard anybody. And then, of course, you hear Ken O'Brien. You're like, "Well, they could have gotten Dan Marino that year." I know you all know who that is. And of course, the last one, which they all were chanting that they wanted Warren Sapp, and they got some other idiot. Was it? Oh, Kyle Brady. That guy was awful. Although his girlfriend was hot. I remember. I don't know why you know that. <clears throat> and um, <laughs> and you know, the, Warren Sapp ended up winning a Super Bowl. Of course. So the Jets uh, usually suck, but. Maybe they got to pick it up now. I don't know. Well, you got to always play that clip. It uh, makes me happy. I know it doesn't, you know, there are a couple, you know, I don't think my sister cares for it, <laughs> but got to play it every year. It's a tradition now. It's a tradition. After the draft, we always play the horrible Jetsness. And um, if they do, I'll tell you what, if they do well this year and they make it to the playoffs, I won't play it next year. How about that? How about that, New York Jets? You stink. I uh, was, you know, when I'm up at five in the morning, Match Game is on the Game Show Network, so I watch the old ones, and it's so great. I mean, this are so awesome, and I was watching this one, and this really pretty girl was a contestant, and it was very obvious. I was just like, wow, she's really pretty, but not, you know, crazy pretty, but just like and interesting, and then, you know, I remember the next day they showed the next episode and she was wearing the same clothing and i'm like wait that's why she what's going on here you know or maybe she won too many games that she ran out of clothes i don't know but it was funny that i noticed because everybody else you know gets a change of clothes pretend it's the next day even though we know they're filming it an hour later so i looked her up online i don't remember her name and they said it was funny they said I, I guess I knew she looked familiar. I looked her up online, and she came up as the only person who was ever a contestant and then a panelist. It turns out she got a job on Chips, and so she came back in 1979. I think she was on 96, 76, and came back on 79 as a panelist, which was uh, you know how exciting. But I also recognized her. Now I knew why because I was looking her up. She was also on an episode of Buck Rogers, and I'm like ah knew she looked familiar, couldn't put my finger on it. Why should I? Because she was a contestant. But then if you remember correctly, we had previously on our podcast, Jenny Lynn Rodriguez, who's gorgeous as a, she was also a contestant on the new match game with Alec Baldwin, and she wants to be an actress, so it would make sense that someday she ends up in something and could possibly be a celebrity panelist. Very exciting stuff. And when I say very exciting, mildly exciting, it's not exciting at all for anyone. And now she's like 70. Is she? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. It's so fucked up. It's so fucked up. You watch that, when I watch that family affair, just everybody's dead. <laughs> it's like, I don't know why. And match game too, you know, except I, I keep showing you on the, on the Tuesday show that there's, uh, or no, I think I showed you last week on the thing that, that upper left panel. Seems to stay alive. So I'll keep watching and keep filling you in. So one of the ones they had the entire cast of Too Close for Comfort on. Uh, I'd forgotten about that show. The great Ted Knight. and He was on, too. And that beautiful Lydia Cornell. Oh, my goodness. And Deborah Von Volkenberg. I think that's how you pronounce her name. From The Warriors. It was a horrible show. Oh, and, of course, Jim J. Bullock as Monroe. Monroe. And, of course, the ending to the opening where Ted Knight falls over the couch and his hair, you know, is all up in the air. That's the one I imitate all the time when my hair is off like that or, you know, whatever. I try and imitate Ted Knight from that thing and me. And I told you, me and Jay Moore in the day, we, for some reason, we used to, I guess we used to do, did we do Dueling Ted Knight's? And I used to do the Too Close for Comfort one. I don't know. I don't remember if that was it or not. I just, I, I remember the theme though. theme, isn't it? I I think in about season five, they changed it to the Ted Knight show, and they they changed it to a, they moved to kind of like what Newhart did, they moved to a a smaller town. The first one took place in San Francisco, just like a full house, and then they moved to a smaller town. Changed the opening just ever so slightly. Changed the name to the Ted Knight Show. Took out the daughters for some God knows reason what the hell they were thinking there. That was the only reason anybody was watching. Well, we all love Ted Knight, but you know what I'm saying. And uh, then, yeah, but then he it would have continued, but he died. He died. God, he was awesome. But uh, I think the two girls are around and they go to conventions and they talk about it. Oh, my God, he was great. He would... He was kind of the prankster. He'd pull up our shirts and snap our bras. And, you know, <laughs> you'd think they would be like, he was a monster. But I guess they're older, so they're not thinking that way. But if they were now, I mean, what a disaster that would be. His name would be be, be smirched, and we love him. He was so cool. Ted Knight was the best. Would have been an honor to meet him. Meanwhile, there's some there's a guy named Darius Witherspoon. And he is like this kind of this big black guy. And he just um, has these things where he just plays the keyboards and he does various things like, you know, he just plays along with the Doobie Brothers or something. And for some reason, he decided to do the Too Close for Comfort theme just about two years ago. And it sounds really good, but he just he somehow he got the background going and then you can hear when he hits the keyboards. yeah, he created that background theme, and now he's about to hit the keyboards. he hasn't hit it yet, but it, so- it sounds really good <laughs> My favorite is it just continues for another three minutes, Play, and it never—he never changes. He's just sitting there, grooving to this part, and then he comes in with the keyboards again. Yeah, <laughs> he just—he just plays it like three times. <laughs> why does it sound so good? Or why did he even choose? Because there is something to it that's kind of fun. Too close for comfort, we will be. Ted Knight and me, with Deborah Von Volkenberg, too. Lydia Cornell for you. Nancy Dussault will also be there. The Ted Knight show. Yeah, it just continues for hours. I, and the funny thing is, I, I think I could actually, I think I played it all the way through the first time, just just sitting there staring at the. <laughs> Like an idiot, <laughs> because I have a problem because because I've just told you that I am a mental case, and uh, what's what's cheering me up, the theme from too close for comfort now, if that's not a person with an issue, I'll tell you what else cheers me up this show, and spill into you what I got to say is a form of therapy now that's uh, you know it's very important to get everything out and be very honest and truthful. And that's how I can survive on a daily basis. I'm like, well, I have the show. I can, I can talk to my friends who are listening out there who do care, who really do care. I mean, you guys are amazing. You've always been so nice. You send lovely messages when things are bad, like when I got fired or my cat died. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate it because I really do. I really do. Now let's hear that theme again. <laughs> and I, I wanna hear the guy's theme, you know, this Darius. We can get this guy on the show. Come on, Darius, hit it. Woo! What is that keyboard sound?
0: the night da is the greatest show! I love for you. This is such a fun show that we do. The Night Live with your host is me
2: and everybody I'm Dave Justco. Woo. Oh, he's doing it again. I didn't I didn't even rewind it. He just keeps playing it. It's not me. I'm telling you, i have I, I thought there was three times. It's four times, maybe more. <laughs> Mary, who, hello Uh, Spaulding. But no, I'm not Dad, I'm playing tennis today, Spaulding. Now, Uh, 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 uh
0: Bye, Bushwood. Bye, Bushwood.
2: Oh, uh, Come on, Spaulding i for the old Billy Brew. Oh, Billy, 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 Hey, Moose Rocco, help the judge find his checkbook. All right, finally it ended by itself, so <laughs> I think I would have kept it going. I was sitting there going like, should I do another round? Oh, God. Let me tell you something. You know, I don't know what, you know, do you lose listeners over this or do you gain them? I'm going to say lose. Because who, how do you even tell your friends... I listen to this podcast. It's called The Nightfly. You'd really like it. Well, do you like the show Too Close for Comfort? Because he likes playing the theme and then be like, what the hell kind of podcast is? Can you imagine being 25 trying to explain to somebody? Wait, I don't understand. Wait, what? Yeah, it's a show. You'd have to explain it. Yeah, we know. (laughs) Well, let me just tell you this while we're uh, having a good time here now. So I went over Susie Felbers on Sunday. and Let me tell you, that was a good time again. Somebody who, thank God, forgave me. I apologized profusely. And uh, I went over to her house to look through those cards. She's so nice. Her husband is awesome. He's, he's British, so he talks like this. Hello. Hello, everyone. No, he's really cool. Really cool. I love that he has a British accent. It's so cool. And I met her kids, and they were great. Her son, like, plays, the, like, a jazz piano. When I was walking in her neighborhood, you could hear the piano from outside. I'm like, the hell kind of hipster town is? And it was, you know, her house, but it was awesome. I mean, I wish, see, if my nephew played the piano like that, I would be like, you know, come over every time and just make sure that's the way I wake up in the morning, to you playing the piano. You know, let me, give me something. <laughs> earn your keep here, but I don't even earn my keep here because I haven't been paying rent, so anyway um, she was great her house was great, she was such a great host, I'm not just saying this, <laughs> and now it sounds like it. I really had such a great time she's such a good host, she fed me, she gave me this really good sandwich that she made she kept saying, come on, you gotta eat something you know, it was like, that's the way you want to be treated I mean, it's really, it's over the t- I didn't eat anything but it was but it was delicious, and uh, we just went, you know, we had a nice talk and a nice day. And again, her family was so sweet and just hung around in a, on a beautiful day uh, and went through the cards, just A through L. I think I, I probably could have gone through them all, but I'm like, I want to come back another time. I like it here. So I went through those cards from the triple. N, if you remember with all the comics from the uh, late 80s to early 90s and even the 70s, I wrote a couple down that, you know, some I thought you might be interested in, like like some of the names. If you don't know them, I'll just explain them to you. But the first one I found was Maria Augustine, and I haven't heard that name in years. She committed suicide in the 80s after going out with me. You know, that's one of the three or four now. Uh, I keep telling you, I've had three or four girls now that have committed suicide after they've dated me. Uh, Maria Augustine was one of them. Oh, my God, I met her in the late 80s. She was really pretty. She was like half stripper, half comic. And I couldn't believe her name was on the list. And, you know, it's weird. I, I, I guess I should probably call her sister and say, look what I found. Because then, you remember then I tried to date her sister after. And she was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, uh, no, because, you know, because guys are disgusting. But, yeah, she's, uh, Marie Augustine was in that thing. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, my God. In fact, there were three girls in the uh, things that I went out with in the 80s, in the pile. The other names aren't as entertaining. But, uh, <laughs> you know. That's what you did. You went out with the other comics. What were you going to do? Who are you, you going to see? Who are you going to go out with? It was either that or the waitresses. That's, uh, that's who you go out with. But Henriette Mantell was in there. If you don't know Henriette Mantel, she plays Alice in the Brady Bunch movies. And she had been around for years. And we knew each other a long time at the Improv. Michelle Ballin, who you may know, is very, still a very good comic today. Um, Jesse Kiddin. Now, you're not going to know him. But I believe I told you when I first, the first day I did stand up comedy in August of 1983 at Pips in Brooklyn. Again, I point out that I was driving my car over the Verrazano to Brooklyn at Billy's age and fending for myself and getting home from my, by myself and doing everything by myself. It's all right, it's a different day and age. Anyway. The first person I ever met there, when the bartender... I said, I'm here for the open mic night. And the bartender goes, go see the colored guy in the back. That colored guy was Jesse Kidden. Because remember, I know I've told you this before. Because he would always get upstairs stage and say, I'm just kidding. So I couldn't believe he was on there. And Owen Blessett was on there. He was like the second guy I met. And then, yeah, that's another thing, too. I After the show, being the, at the ripe age of 19, which Billy will be in September. Okay, so let's just say I was 19 in August. He's 19 a month later. So we're the exact same age. I was driving Jesse Kidden back home and he took me through Harlem to buy weed. I mean, this is what I was doing at 19. So I guess I was hanging out with some unsavory kids too, but I was doing it on my own. And I certainly didn't have an, uh, an uncle that lived in Manhattan. I did what I had to do. Thank you. I'm not upset with my nephew at all. Um... I'm just pointing it out. Just pointing it out. I did everything on my own. My sister's helping him. She's helping him get all this stuff. He doesn't have to do anything. She's like, yeah, you have an audition today. You got a booking today. You got a thing. You know, she's like his manager. Except that she's not driving him anywhere, taking him to the places. That's on me for some reason because I guess I'm semi-managing him now. Which would be fine if that's what we're going to do. Quite frankly, the two of us together probably, uh, he'll probably make it. Then I want my sister to manage me. Anyway, there was another guy, Owen Blessed, who I totally remember who when my mother and my grandmother and my sister came down to see me at Pips, like maybe a couple months later, maybe even that year, I can't remember. We, you know, we all met Owen Blessed outside, and they were like, oh, he knows black people now, because that was, you know, it was a huge thing. I didn't know any black people, but now these comics, you know, I was gonna meet other kinds of people besides Jews. <laughs> And white people i mean seriously i mean that's the only way i know black people now i mean it's just if you want to consider that a racist statement go ahead it's not it's just you know the way it is the way it was i love that guy he was great he was so funny i oh, wouldn't bless it i saw him in the thing oh and bob greenberg bob greenberg i mean i still know very well he's just so funny because he's still doing the same act that he was doing at the triple in If you think I'm joking, I actually approve.
1: And uh, last year I did one impression. I'm going to do five impressions for you. Are you prepared? Five impressions for you. Uh, First one is uh, any Three Stooges fans out there? Any Three Stooges fans? Did you see that remake, that new Three Stooges movie? Not so good. They brought that back and they also re released Titanic in 3D. I'm going to save you all some money and some time. Here's my impression of Curly of the Three Stooges as the captain of the SS Titanic in 3D.
0: Out of the way! Out of the way! Out of the way!
1: Oh, look, an icicle. Hey, icicle, where's your popsicle? There's the moon. There's the stars. There's an iceberg. An iceberg? Thank you very
2: much. Oh, my. And that was only five years ago. He was doing that exact same bit. It wasn't a Titanic-ridden bit, I guess but it was close. Let's see what else he's got.
1: Now, Abbott and Costello and the Abbott and Costello fans Yeah, yeah.
2: There we go. It's uh, <laughs> the stuff he was doing when he was putting in that cart.
1: you know Bud Abbott was bred here in Coney Island? His first professional gig was here in Coney Island. Uh, Lou Costello came from Jersey. But since I look more like Lou Costello, I'm going to do Lou Costello. Here is uh, Lou Costello at the John Gotti trial.
2: (laughs) And you remember, and I think I played this before, he updated it. He was the Lou Costello's security guard at O.J. Simpson's house the night of the murder. But then he, remember him telling me, oh, I updated the material to the John Gotti trial. And remember, this is five years ago, and that's still 20 years old. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Mr. D.A., Are you asking me if I think John Gotti's a member of organized crime? I'll tell you confidentially. Oh, there's John Gotti. There's John 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 Gotti.
2: Oh, my God. Uh, the funny thing is, I, I mean, I'm still friendly with him, uh, but uh, I if I was me and my friend Danny one time, we, we I think we paid him to perform this for us while we were sitting down at this place that we used to run. And uh, we're like, well, the show's over, but uh, we'll give you 10 bucks if you do the, the what you were going to do. Because uh, the fact of the matter is, if I was sitting... I mean, it's ridiculous. I don't know who he's getting to come to these kind of shows and why I get nervous about doing my Charlton Heston or something else if he's going to continue to do this. But the fact of the matter is, if I was sitting in an audience, I'd be howling. I mean, as long as... There's got to be somebody to do it. I just don't want it to be me. Anyway, Wayne Fennerman was on the cards. He was just on The Tonight Show on Friday. Last Friday. Uh, Randy Epley, who I've mentioned before, the second night I did comedy at Dangerfields, the second night in August of 1983. So if I went out that Wednesday, I can remember completely of August of 83. That Sunday, I went to Dangerfields for a 12.30 a.m. show. Again, drove myself to Manhattan, a bad section of Manhattan at the time, at 12 o'clock at night on a Sunday Came home at 2.30 or 3 in the morning. No, no, I think I dropped that. That was the night I think we went to get the weed in Harlem, and I made it home myself. I drove myself. It's not like Billy doesn't have a license. I'm just pointing it out, folks, because it's extremely similar. But I did the best I could because I I wanted it. Uh, anyway, this kid Randy Epley came up. The second night I ever did comedy... And he had a brief... He was wearing a jacket, and he had a briefcase, and he showed me that he was a writer for Cracked Magazine. And he took the magazine out of the thing, and he showed it to me. He still shows people that. I met him about... eh, Again, about 10 years ago. Still showed me the Cracked... Still carrying around the Cracked Magazine. I think he wrote one article one time. And so it was hilarious. When I got the card, it says, have written for Cracked Magazine. Of course he did. As soon as I saw his name, I just started laughing. And Susie's like, what? What? And I'm like, oh, you don't. Uh, actually, I think she knew that guy. Like, there's a couple she didn't know, like Alan Enlow, who is great. But in the day when it was right, and I don't think he does it anymore. He did the legendary Bob Dylan walking into a McDonald's and ordering food. He says, "I have a Big Mac and a small fry." <laughs> Um, Frank Conniff was in there. He writes and appeared a couple times on Sabrina, the Teenage Witch. Thank you. This seems to be our theme today. And last week, Kim Coles, who I knew pretty well in the 90s, and she was from In Living Color. Scott Carter, who I know from Politically Incorrect, that's when it was called, before it was real time with Bill Maher, he was the producer. And Roger Cabler who's actually in the movie Clueless, as uh, the guy when Ty falls down, and then she, uh, she says, gosh, I hope nobody saw that, and then Roger Cabler comes up and says, gosh, are you okay? I We all knew him for some reason. I don't even remember why, because did he even live here? We knew it was Roger Cabler, even back then, in the day. So how do you like that? That's fun, and that's only the A through the L's, and, uh, well, I'm not going to lie to you, I was pretty upset my name wasn't in there. I guess I never went there it's kind of weird that Attell and Mike Royce went there but I didn't go but that again shows you how I was lackadaisical about stand-up comedy those guys were all in and I was you know maybe I'll do one here maybe I'll do one there and it's coming back and I think that's what's bothering me the comedy show is opening up they'll be up 100 percent on July 1st and yeah maybe I'll get to produce my shows there again maybe but you know I'd yeah, I just still feel like an outsider there, even though I do a weekly show for the comedy seller. And it's, I guess it's bothering me a lot. As I told you, it probably would when things go back to normal. But that's the story, you know? And what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Where are you going to go? What are you, you going to do? He's worried. What's he worried about? I don't know. Oh, one last thing before we uh, call it quits for today and, uh Maybe it's a little shorter show today, but last week was uh, a little longer, so that's okay. You don't want to bore people just to fill time. Am I right, folks? Am I right? Sure I am. You're damn straight I'm right. Elon Musk is hosting Saturday Night Live, I believe, next week. And apparently there is an uproar by the cast that he's performing. And a lot of them say they won't do it. Now, please explain to me if you can. If anyone is out there, I don't know a lot. Everybody knows that. I get texts from people all the time like, you're so dumb, but we like it. You know what I'm saying? Right. So I don't know what's going on. But I don't know why people would boycott a show with Elon Musk. I'm not exactly sure. But if, if I find out that it's nothing, unless he hates blacks or Jews and he said so, or something that I'm missing about Elon Musk, who it seems like he's just trying to help the planet and he's just a regular millionaire. And I don't know, people seem to enjoy his cars and he's trying to do space stuff. I, I, I Explain to me, please, why people are very uptight about Elon Musk hosting. Because if this is the case, this is it for me. No more Saturday Night Live for me. I'm done. If these privileged little shits are going to boycott a show... Now I understood when Andrew Dice Clay came on and there were some women who felt that was offensive. I get that, and uh, I think maybe the same thing happened with Martin Lawrence. I don't know if there's something like he's demeaning to women, all that kind of stuff. If if that's what you're saying, and I haven't seen anything to the case like that, I And those, of course, are stand-up comics, and you should suck it up because you're on a show. Because they still, they're not Hitler. And they're not, they're not, Trump, I can understand if you're going to say that, but even Trump, if he came back on now, you should be a professional and do the show. You don't boycott the show because Donald Trump, who, you know, now that he's not, if he was the president, I can maybe understand you boycotting it. But now that he's a civilian, you know, him on the show is interesting. And who the fuck are you as a, as a cast member to say, oh, I won't perform with him. Now, I've noticed all, most of the uh, people that they care about are, have been quite silent. It's just the ones that you don't care about that have said something. And I, I just don't understand. And maybe you can again, explain to me what I'm missing here where Elon Musk needs to be boycotted. I'm trying to think of an example of somebody you can actually say, okay. Uh, for instance, I know Adam Sandler got upset. Who was it? I think it was Martin Lawrence. I think it was Martin Lawrence, right, because he's anti-Semitic. That makes sense, but he did the show anyway. But he, but he, but he voiced his complaint. That's acceptable. Uh, but yes, uh, I guess I would. Being that age, I don't know how I'd handle it, but I think I'd voice a complaint if I knew somebody was possibly anti-Semitic. But you know, you you're still a professional, and you still got to perform, and that's the way it is. And if you privileged little shit are going to get upset by. An entrepreneur like Elon Musk coming on. I I just don't, I'm clearly missing something. The only thing that's funny is uh, Colin Jost and Michael Che who have said, I hope he gives the cast, when people like this come on, they usually, he gives the cast a million dollars apiece. That's hilarious. So I don't think they have any problems with him, but some of these lesser castmates seem to have it. And if I find out that that's the case or for some reason he's going to be boycotted, I'm going to lose my time. I mean, that's going to be it for me because I don't understand what the hell's going on at this guy's so goddamn bad that you got to cancel him from the show. So please explain it to me if I'm missing something of why Elon Musk needs to be cancel-cultured. He was brilliant in the Big Bang Theory. <laughs> he was working at a soup kitchen in the Big Bang. I, he seems like an okay guy. I don't know... Well... I'll, I, I'm going to do more research when I get off here. I just... Saw it in the paper, and I was like, okay, I need to do more research on why this is an issue. And I I, I better find something solid. There better be some solid evidence where I say, oh, well, I could see that. Because right now, I'm just getting pissed off. And we were having such a good time. You know what? What am I doing? What am I doing when this kind of stuff happens? The answer is so obvious. is just the greatest guy, I don't know what their problem is, it's Saturday Night Live, he makes electric cars for you, and we'll send you to space some too, and then he'll do some other stuff that's cool. So shut up if you're on that show and you are a piece of mo. I, I did the best I could. It started out well. Bop, bop, bop. Oops. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, listen. What was I doing? I was. Sitting, I was getting upset again, and this calms me down. I gotta have this on a loop in my house. Anytime somebody. So let's just say, what's an example? What's an example? Uh, oh yeah. So um somebody for next week's show for uh let's say Natterman says, hey Dave, it looks like I'm gonna I'm not gonna be able to be there until 702. Is that gonna be a problem? I'm just gonna have to relax and think this through. It's not a big deal for me this time, the Matterman! to the show and of course he's not yet so don't worry but but i love him so much that everything will work itself out and then we'll have a great show just now don't worry everything's gonna be cool oh that is a successful way to you know i could make some lyrics that's what i should do so uh when something like that happens again or somebody changes plan. Let's say somebody. I get the call tonight, you know, from uh, my friends. They're going out like, "Hey, looks like we're going to be five minutes late." I know our reservations are at seven thirty, and you're sitting there. Well, that's going to be problematic. Well, then I will just have to get this on Spotify. Oh no, I can use this on YouTube on my phone. I'm not going to be able to come up with words. I was I was going to say what I'm going to do is, uh, you know what? I'll write the lyrics down that I want to say through the uh, to the people. And I'll just use it through that. I'll write the lyrics down so I can actually have something to say about it so that way I can be ready and then sing it to myself. I'll take a walk outside. And I'll just say what's really on my mind, even though I don't believe it. I think you guys are assholes for being late. I already got some ducklings on my plate, And maybe I'll just have... a And wait until you all get here And then we'll all have a lovely dinner together Because I need to relax just now Oh my god and holy cow Everything will be okay If I just calm down today Alright, I've I've lost my mind, this is it Uh, (laughs) Okay, folks, let's... uh, Okay, you know what I... Damn it, I wanted to use the line from History of the World where Mel Brooks says something, but now I can't say it anymore because it's, it's apparently offensive. Oh, man. Like <laughs> I just cheered myself up. What am I doing? But that's what came to mind. All right, I don't even want to tell you. Anyway, the point is... And that's the other thing, too, right? Let me just say the one thing. If you watched the video, Companion, last uh, yeah, last week when Fred Stowe mentioning Jack Riley, who plays... Uh, Mr. Carlin on the Bob Newhart show. I was uh, was talking about. playing Mr. Carlin. I was talking about him on Seinfeld. I was talking about history of the world. I showed pictures of all of him in that thing. I'm just saying, it's a nice companion piece to the show. Uh, And if you don't believe me, uh, I mean, you know, then check it out and then tell me what you think. And if you don't think there's anything, you just say, you know, uh, I'm not enjoying the video. Stop doing it. But that's the best way to. Uh well it depends who the guest is, I guess. Whatever anyway, oh my god, I'm getting myself a notice again. I've gotta relax Okay folks, that is our show for I hope you enjoyed it It's a very odd show It's a strange show It's joyful It's happy It's sad It's weird It's a mess It's all over the place But that is The night flight, Is it not folks If you're giving a show I was talking to Elon And I was like Maybe we should take a break With the Billy Joel So we can catch up on stuff He goes No no we need to put it out every week And I'm like You know the only person That puts shows out every week Is me I mean I really don't know Anyone else Who puts it out With the consistency Of every week so some shows are just going to be weird, and some shows are going to be great, and some shows are just going to be like, Ugh, that was awful, or whatever. Because I'm putting it on every week. I mean, maybe I should take a, you know, there's always those times I should take a break and recharge a little bit and put it together. But I don't want to. I mean, I just, I'm just angry because I put out a show every week and I don't make any money on it or anything. I mean, I do because I use Patreon. Thank you very much. But I'm just saying, it's like you know, the shows that do. I don't think they go consistently every week. I don't know. I don't know any shows that do. But. Um, It seems like everybody takes breaks. I'm like, oh, it's an all-new episode. I'm like, well, of course, it's a new episode every week for me because it's on every Tuesday. But that all being said, it doesn't matter. Like I said, enjoy doing the show. I'm just saying. Uh, Sometimes, you know, I think to myself, I'm like, boy, it's been a week. Uh, I mean, I guess we should probably take it. I wonder if we should take the usual memorial break this week, uh, this uh, year or something. I don't know. I guess we'll see how it goes. We'll see how I am, see how I'm feeling, see how everything's Mm -hmm. going on. Anyway, this week, tonight, of the Comedy Cellar, nightly show for May the 4th be with you, and may I say, may the 4th be with you, we have Alex Sulkin from Family Guy and little Danny Natterman. That is our May the 4th show on Billy Joel A to Z, and so it goes today, Angry Young Man on Thursday. Those are the things going on in the Nightfly universe I hope everyone has a wonderful week. It is May, everybody. We made it. The weather should be nicer. And people are going to start going out, even though it's uh, offensive to me. But, uh, you know, maybe you can go out and not wear a mask at this point. That's exciting. So things are picking up, and we'll see you next week on our two-year anniversary of being fired. And me too. And oh, that'll be an exciting show. a oh, very scary show. A very scary show. This is the night fly everybody. We'll see you next time.